Hey everyone, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends read romance books, recap them in great detail, and go on semi-related but hilarious tangents. I'm starting this week off with some exciting housekeeping items. May is going to be a huge month in HBlandia. First, we've got a newsletter you can sign up for. It's brand new! Head to heavingbosoms.com and sign up to get the latest happenings, answer polls, get access to giveaways, and generally keep up with us. We'll also be announcing a merch design contest this week on social media. The theme is England Times, and we are so excited to see what you come up with. And finally, stay tuned next week because we'll be announcing a Patreon fundraiser that's going to benefit an AAPI charity in honor of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. I'm really excited about restarting our Patreon fundraisers, and I will get you details next week. Today is a special episode. We've got a different best friend duo you've heard here before, and you can enjoy them together on their podcast, Movie Briefs. I needed a weekend off, so Cole joined Aaron last minute to talk about a golf-slash-spy book. It felt so safe, this book choice, but we've got some content warnings for you. In the episode, Aaron and Cole address racism toward Asian communities as well as fat shaming that occurs in the novel. Please take care if those topics are particularly triggering. But without further ado, let's get to Aaron and Cole recapping Match Play by Merlene Lovelace, a book no one should buy or read or support. Here we go! What's up, Aaron? We got Cole here, um, pitch hitting. Is that is that right? So yeah, it was funny. I didn't. I'm never. You know me. I'm never like a spell check guy on text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you sent me a text that said, "Hey, need you to pitch hit." Is that right? It's pinch. Pinch. Yes. I've my whole life thought it was pitch. And I was going to send you. That's also a thing that happens in baseballs. Is it baseball? It's baseball. Is it hitting? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That man, my whole life. I know. Well, I I was going to text you like I think you mean pinch, but I got what you meant, and I didn't want to be you know that guy. But well, this yes. is good. This is good that we got we've corrected this thing about me in like a private <laughs> way between friends, yes. and then no one just, will know what a what just a moron here. And I by am. the way, just in time for opening day, that was a couple days ago. This is all very sure. topical, so we're nailing like, this right listen, out of the gate. There's enough. We've got enough sports to talk about. Okay, <laughs> we don't we don't need. <laughs> all right, I want to get this out of the way. Hey, friends. HB's listener. Uh huh. This is a bad book. Don't buy this book. Don't buy it. No. Don't buy this book. Mm-mm. It's bad. It's also racist. It's yep. racist and bad. Racist. Bad because racist. Also bad generally. Just bad. Yeah. There's not a good thing about it. There's uh, nothing good in this book. There's no good. Even if you corrected all the grammatical mistakes, it would <laughs> definitely not cover <laughs> for the racism Ooh. and the terrible, terrible, terrible story uh, that we're going to get into. Like, mind-blowing story. Yeah. Okay, before we get into it, before we get into it, I do have to I have to comment on something that happened, I believe a week ago, that was like okay. one of the nicest things you've ever done for me. Me? Oh, yeah. 
Me, the, Aaron? Oh, yes, I you, Aaron. I feel like Aaron. that's a pretty, I'm going to I'm be honest with you right now. I think it's uh-huh. a low bar. <laughs> it's a oh. low bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't have to talk about how high I thought the bar was, but if we want to get into that dialogue, we can. <laughs> But no, no, please, please, please. What what wonderful thing did I even, do for you? Even if this was a super high bar, you would have cleared it because we had questions really? from Cole with Alicia Rye. And what <gasps> right. a fantastic episode that was. Yeah. It's just yeah, been on what? repeat in my house for like really? a week. Yeah. Just, you know, getting to come home and look at Jess and be like, Jess, I got something I got to tell you. Um, remember that book that I read? The right swipe, and she had listened to some of it. I was like, uh-huh. Aaron and Mel talked to Alicia Rye, and she's like, Oh my god, she's your favorite. I'm like, I yeah. know, and she knows who I am. So, and you, you inspired a part of the next book, and I, you know, just one of them things. So, yeah. I, uh, you know, I've been walking a little taller, I guess. You're right, that little, is probably the nicest thing. I've a little, ever done little more shoulders back this week, you know, around yeah. the house, and but yeah. no, that was that was awesome. So, thank you. Hey, uh, you're welcome. If we have her on again, I might even invite you. I, I don't know. <laughs> and I'll just be like, uh, basically still looking for the pizza. Uh, I haven't cooked the pizza yet, uh, uh-huh. the pizza recipe, but we'll. We're going to work yeah, on that. Yeah, I know, I know that you will. Yeah, we do a lot of King Arthur stuff here at the house. So that was, Jess was cool. particularly excited about that. Awesome. So anyway. Okay. So we needed we needed a little help this weekend because Melody's kid's birthday was this weekend. So I asked uh, Cole to step in and we, we were looking for a book to read that was short. Yes. Because this was kind of a last minute situation. I thought it would be funny to read a golf book <laughs> since Cole was like, a, is, is, sorry, is like a big golf Was man. was probably the better, the better terminology, but yeah. Was an incredible golfer. Now is very good at golf. Fair? I, you know, I'm willing to accept those terms. All I'm right, willing, okay. I don't want to correct that, yeah. And this one also featured like a military intelligence <laughs> component and like spies and stuff and was only like 150 pages long. And... I thought I didn't have to be fucking scared of it and what its contents might hold, you know, re-content warnings, because it's fucking published by fucking Harlequin, so I thought maybe somebody would have read this thing before it went out. We were assuming that we were in a safe zone. Yeah, I thought it would be safe. Because we talked about maybe doing a movie, and we're like, ah, we we have our little side thing where we talk about movies, and so let's do a book. We haven't done one in a while, and when you said golf romance... I kind of fell on the ground because I couldn't even fathom such a thing would actually <laughs> exist. Uh, yeah. Because I do commonly send you photos of golfers that are golfing and say something to the effect of, can't believe they don't write golf romances about guys that look like this. And, and they're so, not hot. <laughs> it's, it's not, you know. I don't want to read a romance about most golfers. I'll just say I didn't, Jesse didn't come up to me and say, Cole, you're an amazing golfer. I would like to <laughs> date you. Because of that fact. Right. That didn't happen. No. Mm -mm. No. But if you were standing shoulder to shoulder with all golfers, you know, I mean, I think you got a good chance. If the pool was just golfers. (laughs) That is fair. That's fair. I feel like you would rise to the top. Oh, man, this book. I Yeah. When I looked for golf romance, I found a lot of self-published golf romance. And what we don't ever want to do is like rip on like a self-published person who's like, you know, their first book and they're like really shooting their shot. Like we try not to do that on the podcast. So I'm like, this is a Harlequin romance. So like this person has a thousand and she does. She has like a thousand books out there in the world. Man, Merlene. Yeah. All right. Let's just let's just get into it. 
Yes, let it. I mean, I knew we may have been in trouble when I highlighted something on page one. I highlighted all of page one. <laughs> page one knocked me out, and I was I like, "This oh. is gonna be fantastic! Like, this is gonna be the funniest book I've ever talked about on the podcast." Thought the same thing. Now, I, I before we get started, very quickly, do we need call signs when we do this book? Should we have? <laughs> Because it's very important that if you guys decide to read this book, that keeping mm. characters straight is almost impossible because everyone because has their name. they all have 15 names. And then they all have call signs. And then they have nicknames. Yeah. And then they have, and then they go by their last names half the time. Yep. And so it is impossible to keep these people straight. And so I didn't know if like you needed to call me Crash or Mariner. I'm not going to say that I've like worked up some or anything like that of names I wish people would call me in my real life. But if that's something Cra- you want to do. Crash is a cool name that you'd like to be called? I mean, these might all be Kevin Costner uh, dedicated, but whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I can call you Crash if that if that helps. There's a Mac in here. Um, I know. That was disappointing. Yeah. We were going to go with that because, you know, you're obviously well suited to the nickname. I have to come mm-hmm. up with ones. Yeah. But yeah, I, was, I, I started writing down on like page three. I'm like, I'm never going to keep these people straight. And, and you know what? Spoiler alert, you don't need to. You absolutely don't need to. No. So we've got Dana with a Y. Dana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she she was in the Olympics for whitewater kayaking, which is an Olympic sport. I did Google it. It is absolutely an Olympic sport. But I did not know that before this book. That's that's my problem. But so she won an Olympic gold medal as a whitewater kayaker. And then when she was at the Olympics or like before or whatever, due to the the level of goodness of her kayaking, she became famous. And by famous, I mean like paparazzi level famous. Rockstar. For, for kayaking at the Olympics. Again, a sport I did not even know existed. There's a lot of peculiar choices in this book that I'm sure we are going to get to. This is one of them. Make like There's a lot of sports she could have gone to the Olympics for that would have made the fame... Makes sense. Yeah, this isn't one of them. This isn't that event. It's just not. And so then when she, and this is all first page information, guys. So when she was at the Olympics, she did date a guy who was an Air Force captain. And they became America's it couple. <laughs> the the whitewater kayaker and the Air Force captain. Wow, everyone knew about them. Which is really, really strange for me. And then it turns out they broke up before the Olympics. Before the Olympics. Yep. So somehow they became the it couple like pre-Olympics? So the it couple in America, as I have written in my notes, was yes. two college students who yes. played who played random sports. Okay? I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. Men's golf at the college level is... Slightly more popular than women's golf at the college level, but neither is a popular sport in America. Right. I, I happen to know a guy that was really, really, <laughs> really good at college golf. I do believe he was a golf major at college. Uh, yeah. Never knew him to be famous. No, Never. no. Whatever fame I may have accrued, I don't believe that it was golf related. <laughs> and then they have her as a golfer and a kayaker in college. And him is just a college student. Like, he's in ROTC. Right. And somehow these two people Mm -hmm. are the couple that America and really the world at large cannot take their eyes off of. And what's what's nuts to me is she's winning the gold medal in the kayaking. 
but she's also like just really good at golf. Like, is she competing at golf? Like, she's not going to the Olympics at golf. But like, usually when you're an Olympic gold medalist, that's your one s- sport. You're, that's you're the thing doing. You do. That's the, that's your sport. That's probably your only interest. But she's just as good at golf as she is at kayaking. So you may be thinking, gee whiz, why didn't she just play golf in the Olympics? Golf was not an Olympic sport until 2016. Did we need it to be an Olympic sport? We no, absolutely like- no. Not she does not need to be an Olympic athlete. Period. Yeah, at all, at all. Oh, <laughs> at all. I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna blow your fucking mind. She doesn't need to be good at golf for no, this to work because <laughs> of the golf tournament that they have set up. And I will explain no. that when we get there. But none of it. She does not need to be good at anything except spying or being rogue. She needs to be good at being rogue, which is her call sign. So I want to really meticulously explain this plot because I don't want anyone (laughs) to read this book. So, okay. So the timeline is college whitewater kayaker wins, wins a gold medal. Also side, side hustle. Great at golf. Dating Luke, the air force pilot. Then she goes to the Olympics. He breaks up with her because he wants her to concentrate on the Olympics. She's scorned. She will never talk to him again. She's 20 years old. She goes and she wins that Olympic gold medal. Then, again, guys, first page information. Yep. Then she goes and she joins a an elite government spy agency. She's, a, she's recruited by Team Omega, <laughs> the government's... Their boss is the president. Let me please let me read the sentence. Spy Spy Times Agency. Okay, so Omega is part of a special envoy that serves as an organization so small and so secret that its agents were activated only at the request of the president himself. Okay, so many layers there. <laughs> First of all, they are headquartered in like some kind of like walk up in Georgetown. With windows, which blew my mind. Like, they're just in a house right? with they're no on embassy security row. whatsoever. Yeah. It says they're on Embassy <laughs> Row, just chilling. <laughs> yeah, chilling. With fucking they're an international spy agency yeah. <laughs> on Embassy Row, where all the embassies to those international nations would be. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then only the president can have them do things, which is like, if you really had a super special secret small special secret spy times agency, it would be like so small and so elite that the president can't know about it. Right. That's that's what that's what it is. It's not that only the president can know. It's that like, shush, we need this guy to have plausible deniability at the end yes. of the day. He needs to not have the red button that goes direct to Omega over in Georgetown. That can't be right, right. how this works. And also, it does make sense that they're on Embassy Row because their mission is a State Department mission. Like, this is not... (laughs) If this organization existed, this is not what they would do. And this is not how people defect from North Korea. This is so much. So anyway, so she's... (laughs) We haven't even mentioned the part about defection. No, we haven't even... Okay, so she's, (laughs) she's in Team Omega... Yep. The why she has any skills to be on this team, how she was recruited by them, what what happened to go from whitewater kayaker in college to Team Omega, yada yada yada. Like no, there's no strength. information. They don't yet. go into that at all. None. So now she's there. She's at Team Omega, and they're doing a briefing. They do have a new mission, and that mission. God, I'm exhausted already. That mission. I'm glad that you wanted to do the plot breakdown because if you asked me to, I'd be like, well, you read page one and then your head explodes. And then 147 (laughs) pages later, everything's fine. 
when it gets to the actual extraction, I'm probably going to need help. So <laughs> we've got a North Korean professional celebrity golfer. Which is, I understand, judging by what's in the book, the U.S.-North Korean uh, relationship is strained. Oh, is it? That was mentioned a couple times. So that we would know <laughs> that the United States and North Korea are not necessarily on solid ground. Right. Yes. So I want to get into North Korean phenomenon golfer mm-hmm. Woo Kim Lee. Woo Kim Lee. Yeah. Who is a teenage North Korean golf phenom. Yes. Who is apparently internationally famous and has like a lot of endorsement deals. Yep. And then it mentions that because of all of these products that want her to like wear their stuff and everything, that like she's super famous, but like North Korea takes all the money. This blew my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Nike or something, yeah. you know, like endorsing a North Korean athlete? <laughs> Had that down too. What companies? <laughs> what companies? That are not North Korean companies, yeah. which I get is a weird statement in and of itself. Right. Would be like, yeah, no, but I mean, Woo Kim Lee really represents what we like. We understand mm-hmm. 90% of Nike's dollar mm-hmm. goes to North Korean dictators. Yes. Yeah. But she's just so good. Yeah. Like, I, it's the dumbest thing in the, like, again, things that don't need to be plot points in this book. Or having endorsements. The, the endorsements and the fame and stuff, like, we're not going to root for a North Korean athlete. Like, I need this no. world explained to me. Even, like, say there was a company that endorsed a North Korean athlete. That is a shell company that is the CIA. Like, yes. 100%. <laughs> that's, that's what Amway products are, people. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so, I, I think what may have happened, because we'll get to the golf shit later, but in women's professional golf especially, Koreans dominate that landscape globally. Okay. They are 10 or 15 of the top 20 golfers in the world. They oh, absolutely wow. are the dominant force in women's golf to the point where not so many years ago and when I, I didn't actually look this up, but I believe it was within the last 10 years, the LPGA tried to institute a rule that said that everybody who played on the LPGA tour had to be able to speak English. Oh, that's... Which is a bad rule. That, that, that might be more racist than this book. Yeah, that back... Oh, golf, golf being racist. Is, um... <laughs> Don't get too excited. There's a lot of that. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that backfired on them. They went ahead and retracted that particular wow. rule. But it, it, Korean influence on the women's game, they're spectacular. It's just they are the country that dominates women's professional golf. Okay. And so I, I think what ended up happening, and I'm not really going to go out of my way to give too many benefits of the doubt, is that a brief – because everything that is golf-related in this is just Google. Like, Google golf. Uh-huh. What is what is important in golf? And I think she found Korean golfers are very good in women's mm-hmm. golf. And then was like, okay, I'll just make her North Korean, and that'll be that. Also then Googled, what do star golfers get? They get endorsements. They get all these things. Right. <laughs> so just kind of back into it I that mean, way. The author of this book, according to her bio, is is a former Air Force officer. So you would think that she would understand like basic international relations, even if you know what I mean. Like, she, yeah, there's no way companies are endorsing. Of course, we we, we wouldn't as like the American government would not allow Nike to be sitting down. <laughs> like, remember when Dennis Rodman went to North Korea and people lost their mind? Of course, yeah. 
But I'm certain that the U.S. government had a talk with him a little <laughs> bit before, you know, like, these things aren't, like, just like, oh, a company just endorses a North Korean athlete. Like, that doesn't right. just happen. It's no. nuts. No. And by the way, you just now telling me that her bio said that she was involved in the Air Force makes a lot of sense because those are the parts of the book that seem credible. Yeah. The descriptions of planes seem very credible. Well, it's really long for a 150-page book. And um, again, unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. What, what I needed to know about the B-2 was that it had nuclear capability mm-hmm. and the United States didn't want other countries to know about it. That was pretty much it. Yeah. I, I feel like the Air Force just generally was very jammed into this book in a way <laughs> that like kind of blew my mind. Okay. So Wu Kim Lee is maybe thinking about defecting to the United States. She whispered to somebody at some point that her dad would be accompanying her to this charity tournament of golf that is in Scotland. And so because her father is a nuclear scientist for North Korea, they think that that might mean that she's trying to tip people off, that she wants to try to defect to America from this tournament. And apparently defections are handled exclusively by Omega. Omega, yeah. Seven people in a house in Georgetown that the president calls up and they exfiltrate apparently people who want to defect to the United States. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, listen, I I know a little bit of how this goes. (laughs) (laughs) This is not how this goes. That actually would be a better title for this book is All of This is Not How This Goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It's July, folks. That means new Bonkers Book Club selections. And let me tell you, our cup runneth over. First, there's a historical smorgasbord. You get the entire box set of Nicola Davidson's Surrey SFS series. If you're not familiar, that stands for Sexual Freedom Society. This box set includes five ridiculously spicy historicals with a variety of gender pairings and trios and so much more that makes my heart sing. Then Jenny and Katie are offering up one of their all-time favorites, Brutal Prince by Sophie Lark. That's the mafia book where the heroine accidentally sets the hero's house on fire and then Make sure her mouth is full of strawberries because she knows he's extremely allergic. Best wedding kiss ever, right? And then we decided to do a little bonus. We wanted to see if audiobooks are something you'd like as part of book club. And Kay Lorraine and Meg Ann have a series called The Mate Games. You get to listen to book one, Obsession. It's a paranormal reverse harem that's done with duet narration. And the cast of narrators is insanely good. So, Joybringers have tons to look forward to. If you want to join, check out our website. The link is in the show notes. Code heaving. Hurry! Okay, so they have a meeting with her that's like, I just, okay. So they have a meeting with her that's like, do you still golf good? Because we need somebody who does golf good to go to this golf tournament and golf golf uh, good at the tournament to be close to Woo Kim. I think you're actually reading that verbatim because that's pretty much how the <laughs> golf dialogue goes in this book. It's like, 
And she, you know, they, they have anytime you read anything about golf, there's buzzwords that you actually you absolutely have to have. Handicap is one of them. So they ask her what her handicap is. I'm a two handicap. Okay, cool. But I'll be scratched by the time she says I'll be scratched by the time I'm playing in the tournament a couple weeks from now or whatever. Okay, cool. Um, pros are way better than that. Oh, way, way, way better than that. Okay, all right. Okay, just just as a like as a heads up, like her having a two handicap is a good recreational player. Mm-hmm. All right, like just a good reg- like very good actually recreational player, not anywhere close to a pro. Just they, not because they win the the law school golf club tournament. <laughs> I mean, if you want to bring up some certain championships, then yeah, <laughs> I suppose you could win a club championship here or there. The biggest um, feather in Cole's hat was that. <laughs> it's a very small hat. <laughs> but yeah, so they're, you know, they're laying out that she's really good at this. And then they talk about it being a pro-am. And the thing about it being a pro-am, that makes, that's fine. Like having it be mm-hmm. a pro-am, those golf tournaments are set up to where uh, celebrities typically will play with professionals and they team Mm -hmm. up and there's two tournaments going on at that time. There's one tournament that is the pros are playing their regular stroke play individual tournament, trying to beat the other pros Mm -hmm. where Wu Kim Lee would be playing all these other pros. Then there's another tournament where they combine the scores of the amateur player and the professional to come up with a score. And then there's that team event that's going on on the side. All right. Okay. So you can you can have a situation where the person who wins the individual tournament is nowhere near winning the actual team okay. event. And okay. they they kind of, again, start explaining all this crap. I know this is super boring. You can cut it out. But mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, it goes to me, it goes to like how unnecessarily complicated getting her into this tournament is because she's playing in it as an amateur. Right. It does not matter how good she is. She oh, could be okay. terrible. She can be a 20 handicap, which is awful. It doesn't matter because you get strokes. Like, all this qualifying round bullshit makes no sense. Uh-huh. And by the way, if Omega is so good at this, uh-huh. you know whose partner she would have been in the Pro-Am? Wu Kim yeah. Lee's. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I, I, I all caps was like, the fuck? Like, they're going to. Okay, first of all. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry, I know I skipped First a bunch of, all, of stuff. We're to believe that she was famous. She was famous in college, and then this elite government agency was like, "We want you to be part of our agency to go on undercover missions, despite famous." Mm-hmm. And now we want to use you for this mission because golfer, yeah, despite famous, like maybe maybe just like have somebody who's not famous go in, and then there won't be a fucking media circus when she gets there. Like maybe that would be the best. Also, it doesn't have to be a golfer. Have somebody go in as a reporter. Have somebody go in as yes. uh, a a hotel maid. That would get you a more private audience with this woman. Like, there are so many other undercover options besides golfer at this tournament. Well, Omega's idea was, how many cameras can we have on this defection? Oh, my God. Insane. And they're like, this is our brilliant idea. Let's make a media circus of this. <laughs> let's keep let's keep planning interviews and public outings. <laughs> My God. And then let's try to talk to her at the public outings. It's like, put in, put it. Here's what you need. You need an agent that speaks fucking Korean. How about that? How about that somebody who helpful. speaks the language of the woman you're trying to talk to and the and her dad? And, and then, like, I don't know. 
a maid, a a a, a coach, a reporter, a what like the person that carries the ball bucket to the th- a caddy. Do the make it a caddy. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yep, all of those would be fine. All of and those then, would be fine. And then she's like, okay, but I need to be good enough to make the final schmurschmur to be. And you've already said this does not make sense. But then they're like, we can get you robot. We can get you robot clubs and like robot balls and special glasses to make you good at golf. And sh- she is incensed by this. She's like, how dare you? Where her response should be, guys, it's a pro-am. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. But she's like, I will not. This is this is a great quality to have in in a in a government operative. I will not use your special tools. <laughs> I'm going to do it by myself because I have an ego about this, and this might compromise the whole mission because I might totally lose. <laughs> I'm not going to go the guaranteed way. I'm going to do it my way. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind here. Yeah. Here is how you guarantee that she makes all four rounds. Because by mm-hmm. the way, she does not need to play. With Wu Kim Lee, there's no need for her to actually be in the no. group. That's not even part of their plan. The it best happens that they way. Have later. is in the sauna, but they're just basically saying it's very important that you play to the final round. Mm-hmm. That's what they want her to do. The easiest way to do that is instead of using robot balls and shit that everyone's <laughs> going to notice that you're using. The way that they handicap amateurs, I know this is boring. The way they handicap it is okay. I'm if you are because you said robot balls. <laughs> That's my life. That's my brain. That's why I was trying to scoot right past it. I heard it. And I was like, I could be professional on this podcast. I think I said it first. I think I said it first. I'm sorry. And I think I said robot balls and shit. So there you go, folks. This is what we're here for on Happy Easter. Happy Easter. This will be be out four weeks from now. (laughs) So the way you would do it is her going, yes, I'm a two handicap. How that works is that means if you play 18 holes, you get a stroke on the two hardest holes. So when you play a golf course, they have 18 holes and they rank them as to this is the hardest hole, handicap number one, the second hardest hole, handicap number two, easiest hole, handicap 18. So if you're a two handicap, you shoot say 75, but then they take two strokes off of your score on the hardest two holes. So they take one and and so you'd be a 75 net 73. Just put her paperwork in that says she's a handicap 12. And all of a sudden, this two handicap is shooting a 75. She gets 12 strokes off her game. Her score becomes ultimately lower. It's super simple. No, that would mean that the secret government agency would have to, like, do something. (laughs) Because also when she gets there, I mean, we're not there yet, but when she gets there, there's, like, a random pairing that they pair, like, a pro and an amateur together. And she's like, oh, no, like, I didn't randomly get paired with Wu Kim Lee. And it's like, what kind of elite government agency are you guys that you can't infiltrate a charity golf tournament in Scotland? You you can't sandbag the tournament. You can't infiltrate the charity golf tournament. It's well, that's because they got Jilly, Jillian, (laughs) Sparkles, whatever her name. Wait a minute. She doesn't have a code name. She doesn't have a code name yet because she's she's not. not, That'll be the next one. She's, I think, 14. I don't. Not <laughs> That's super, a whole other issue. Not super comfortable with that storyline, which I am sure we will get to. It's okay. We won't read that book, so it'll be fine. No, we will. We won't. Oh, and it's also mentioned. Remember Luke, the Air Force captain that she did date in college and hasn't seen in five years. He is stationed at a Scotland Air Force base to fly secret spy planes that do drop nuclear weapons and they're like he's gonna be at a a local 
nearby Air Force bases, that can be a problem for you. And she's like, no, I'm no longer interested in him. Fuck that guy. Because he dumped me before the Olympics. <laughs> to add legitimacy to this book. Oh. And I use the word legitimacy very loosely here. Stretching the bounds of that definition. Mm-hmm. They do set this tournament at St. Andrews, which is the home of golf, which is a real place. And she Googled many, many terms that associate themselves with St. Andrews. So uh-huh. okay. <laughs> to that, right. I will say good work. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, cobblestone streets, Swoke and Burn, sure. Strath Bunker, all those things exist. Have you played at this place? This is a spot of contention for me. I have not played there. I've never played in Scotland. I'm dying to. So Jess has actually been there. She's played it uh, or been on it, but uh, mm-hmm. I have never got to play there. But yeah, she she looked up all the stuff and, you know, it's it, they do have multiple courses. I think they have seven now. This was an 08. Maybe they only had five then, but good okay. for good for uh, Miss Lovelace. She, she definitely <laughs> did her work there. All right. Okay. So now we are on our way to Scotland. Man, I just read GPS guided balls as I flip <laughs> through my Kindle just now. Wait, did we mention her father? Uh, her father is a... Wu Kim Lee's father. Yeah, he's a nuclear scientist. They may both want to defect. Oh, oh gosh. Can I read this? Okay, so she's, she's in Scotland. She's about to play her like pra- practice practice times. And here's here's the fashion that's going on. And this book was written after the year, I think it was like 2008. This book it, said, it said 2008, yeah. So I'm not, this book was not written in the 90s, friends. Okay. Zipping up the jacket, Dana collected her accessories. Field dress had, had designed the slim, ultra chic fanny pack studded with Austrian crystals that clipped snugly around her hip. One compartment holstered the sleek little... PM40 micro compact double action pistol she'd cleared through British security. <laughs> Cole's uh, holding up a sign to me that says fanny pack with an exclamation point because it was large on his notes. Okay. Uh, the pistol she'd cleared through British security. Others housed a spare ammo clip, her ID and credit cards, and a tube of lip gloss. <laughs> a matching ball cap, also studded with crystals, shaded her face and contained her hair in a loose ponytail. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oof. With crystals? This paints a picture of who Dana with a Y is. I Oof. Yeah, at the end when they're playing like the final game and they're talking about the differences in fashion between uh, Wu Kim Lee and her, I'm like... Wu Kim Lee has objectively the better outfit here. Yeah, without question. Without question. Well, there's a lot of like short sleeve. There was a short sleeve, um, whatchamacallit, turtleneck. Yes. Uh, The fanny pack goes with her everywhere. Yes. And I couldn't think of anything (laughs) less conspicuous. Than an Austrian crystal studded fanny pack. I mean. Slung across her slim tanned waist. I get. I get. Right now, I, and maybe this is a California thing, but has has the men having the fanny pack sort of side saddle across their chest? Is that is that hit Alaska yet? Nothing has ever hit Alaska, but I have seen it on television. It is nothing has hit Alaska. Alaska <laughs> will always be Patagonia zip ups and cargo pants. That will always be what we all wear here. Gotcha. That's and fair. that's fine. That's hey, fine. I appreciate the cargo. Yeah. But the fanny pack situation here is getting out of control. And all I could think about with her is I was like, you're, you're a secret agent. Stop trying to stand out. You want to stand out? Wear a fanny pack. 
put on a fanny pack, throw some bedazzles on it. Like what what were the what were those uh She should try to fit in when all she wants to do is stand out. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry guys. This is a this is an inside joke between Cole and I uh, from the film Raising Raise Your Voice starring no, no. Hillary Tuff. No, no. Is that no, not no. right? No, it's from What a Girl Wants. It's when he when they're oh. on the boat and he's like, Why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out? <laughs> I swore that was from Raise Your Voice. Oh, Raise Your Voice is a whole other batch of problems with my boy Oliver, but that's a that's a different podcast. <laughs> All right, okay, 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 okay. Wait, no, like what what were the um what were the the pants that were popular back maybe in 08 that had like what was on the the butt of the pants? You remember this? The juicy, like, juicy couture. Juicy couture. Ones? This is yeah. all I thought she was wearing was juicy yes. couture. The the yeah. women's version of Ed Hardy. That's what I imagined she was in. Yeah, yeah, all the time in bright, bright colors. Very bright. Always. Yes, obviously. Well, secret agent. Yeah. Mission. Um, Defection. Mm, North yeah. Korea. Yes. Okay. So now she's just like walking down the street <laughs> after she's done her like golf time. This is a romance book, which is weird. So this is. This is... <laughs> yeah. So she sees. Luke Harper, her former Air Force captain boyfriend from college who was famous with her. And I've outlined a lot of things that don't make sense and are mind-blowing about this book. This is number one for me. He sees her and just swoops <laughs> her in for a kiss. A real kiss. A kiss. Like a, like a kiss. Like, I'm a brick shit house. I just went up to you and I'm laying it down. Kiss. It. He has not seen or spoken to her in five years. They broke up. And not amicably. No. Distraught. Can you imagine seeing your ex after five years and just kissing them with no words, no words exchanged between them? I mean, so fucking weird. So weird. Our meet cute is an assault on a Scottish street. Like, that's what happens. Yes. It was, it's. So weird. It's so weird. And her, like, in her, you know, we we obviously get what her thoughts are on it. And she's like, this is amazing. I hate that yeah. I love this. And I'm like. The years are rolling back. And it's like, are you sure it's him? You haven't seen him in five <laughs> years. Like, <laughs> Are you sure it's him? I mean, she's just like a white blonde lady, right? Which I, I imagine so, there yeah. are a lot of in Scotland. Oh, I know her hair is tawny. And she yes. has tanned 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 very skin, tan skin from the very outdoors tan skin. so tan from the outdoors i feel like a lot of women in scotland probably look like her like what if he had made a mistake like what if it's not her I, he hasn't seen her in five years <laughs> i didn't think about that but it's a definitely a funnier book if he just kind of is doing this to random blonde women thinking that it's her <laughs> he's like you known know? in scotland like dude stay away from that guy he just like grabs people but he's he's like got this protection around him because he's working on the b2 so yeah. like we can't have him in jail or anything right yeah oh, man got fucking captain grab hands over here just accosting women on the street hoping one day maybe it will be dana duncan his long lost love that he can then woo with some sort of psychotic fucking public you know defection storyline sorry oh man it was super duper crazy um but like the meet cute where a guy sees a girl that he believes is his ex-girlfriend from 10 years ago and tries to go in for a smooch and it's not her is a meet cute i'm more likely to read <laughs> and 
It doesn't sound like a great meet cute, but it's better than this. It's better than this mm -hmm. because then those two people fall in love later. And I like that book more. Yeah. So this kiss happens really weird. And they talk and he like introduces her to his buddies. Dweeb. Dweeb. And, and yeah. It, what, I, I, I got, don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I got I got strong Brett Kavanaugh vibes with like Squee and the boys. Oh, like, That's something you want in your romance novel. <laughs> is strong Brett Kavanaugh vibes. Is that? Do they need quotes for the cover of the re-release of this book? Because <laughs> strong Brett just, Kavanaugh just, vibes. Just just toss my email Squee on the, the bottom boys. of this. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, so that happens, and then she says unequivocally that she does not want to be around him, does not want to see him, blah, blah, blah. That would also be a great, great for the cover of this book, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what this is. A lot of yada, yada, yada is through a lot of stuff. This is the definition of an herbs book. Okay, so then, then we go to Driving Grange Yes, time. yes, we do. That's when, well, well, well. Somebody knows what she's talking about now. That's when you go to the place and you have the bucket of balls and there's like yep. a thing and it does wash them. And that's my favorite part. And then you uh, have that bucket and you do hit them. Um, and then there's signs that say how far that you hit the balls. And then there's a machine. It's like a Zamboni, but it's for golf. That goes and scoops up all those balls. It's somehow faster than a, Vanzo a Zamboni. Is it? That's slightly, nuts. slightly. Okay, yes. all right. It, it scoops up all those balls, and then they go back in the washing machine, and then you get them in the bucket again. That was a perfect How'd description of a driving range. That was that was that was perfect. I have not. I have nothing to add to that. I have accompanied Cole to a driving range a couple of times in my life, and it is the most boring shit you will ever have to do ever. Yeah, yeah. Totally Sometimes agree. Cole let you hit a ball, but you can't hit it. There's no, there's nothing <laughs> you can do to make the golf club connect with the ball. Um, I, so I you remember, just have to go back to watching. I remember when it would be like you and me and Jordan and like Mary, maybe Mary Brunega, whatever our group of friends where we'd go to Wee sure, Tea. Sure, sure. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> just go to Wee Tea and we'd Ooh. just be like. I thought we were going to all hang out, and then we just end up hitting a bucket of balls. Well, me would hit a bucket of balls. Yeah, I realized we would I was... all watch you hit a bucket of balls. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Jay would. Maybe yeah, Jay would hit. hit. Jay would hit. Yeah. yeah, Jay would absolutely hit. So I don't remember uh, anyone else being there. I remember me alone watching people hit <laughs> balls with golf clubs. That's what I remember. I don't remember a Mary or like anyone anyone else to keep me company. I just remember me alone watching. <laughs> Thinking watching what? Golf. life will get better eventually. <laughs> I don't want to have to do this. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, okay, so we're at driving range times, and we meet Wu Kim Lee, and she is mad. I guess another golfer waves at Dana because, again, world famous, um, and says, hey, I can't wait to golf with you, Dana. I hope I get partnered with you, something. And then Wu Kim Lee is like, stop talking. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't talk on the, on the golf course. But just so you guys know, the way Wu Kim Lee's speech is written is uh, horrible and racist. It is yeah. horrible and racist. Uh, we're not going to quote Wu no. Kim Lee at all from the book no. because it's horrible and racist. Um, so It's the worst you can imagine. It's the worst. And, and the author didn't have to. What's crazy to me is like just have her be good at English. Yes. I mean, she's an internationally famous athlete. Make her good at English. Or, yeah. or make her speak no English and make Dana speak Korean. And then you can say, we said the following lines in Korean, as many books do. 
Yes. And then write it neat. Like this, this was this racist depiction of this Korean woman was completely unnecessary. And her father, like every her father, Korean, every Korean and her in masseuse, the book, and yeah. her everyone in the book who is Asian. It is a racist depiction. Yes. Period. The end. Do yes. not buy this book. Yeah. Don't buy it. No. I will be returning it. Please do not buy it. <laughs> can you do that on Nook? This is the first ebook I've ever. Written. Oh no, I don't know. I can do it on Kindle. I don't know if you can uh, do it on Nook. I, I it, well, I don't have a. It's like the Nook app for Windows, no. and I don't know. I, I'm sure you we'll can. See. We'll see. I did appreciate the the line though, right after the "Be quiet," where they're like, "No stranger to the guerrilla warfare of sports." Yeah. Dana teed up a ball and swung. Her driver connected with a solid whap. The ball soared in a high, smooth arc. Yeah. With another loud crack, it bounced off the metal sign designating the 250 yards mark. Is that far? Uh, that's definitely, uh, it's definitely good in the women's game, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is golf Mad Libs. <laughs> okay, all right. But I had if, no idea. Like, if you, were, if you were asking someone to describe who had never played golf at all, what mm-hmm. just happened, I guess that would be the scientific description of... Well, it did go in a, a large arc, and it didn't break, so I guess that's a solid arc. Sure. Um, and so, yes, that's fine. And then they, you know, they go toe-to-toe with distance, one of them finally hitting it over 300 yards, which is extremely rare in the women's game. Has been done. Okay, okay, Treatment is okay, done, okay, but okay. that's very, very far for the women's game. So that's them, you know, sizing each other up. I appreciated it. I didn't necessarily mind that sort of toe-to-toe uh, competition there. Okay. So then afterwards, they meet her dad at some kind of press situation. And Dana and her her buddy, Mike Callahan slash Hawk, Hawk. who used to be a military police officer, as if that's like a big impressive thing. I don't want to insult military police officers. But I mean, here's the thing. They're just regular cops. They're just like regular cops. He's an MP who's also, he's Hawk because he's an incredible marksman. Yeah. So I thought he would have been some sort of sniper of some kind. Mm -hmm. No, no. He was a military police officer. Which, by the way... They only handle, like, uh, misdemeanors. If it rises to the level of a felony, that gets handed off to CID, NCIS, you know. So, just just patrol cop. Like, that's not... <laughs> again, of, uh, you know, fine. I don't want to piss off patrol cops, but, I mean, it's not... There's things you do and things you don't. Officer. Yeah. You know, it just sounds like he was recruited by the Omega Force <laughs> due to his ability to serve parking tickets. Like, it's like... Uh... Okay, he all right. He writes so, a great parking ticket. I love that. Well, Anyway, so they they go over and they shake hands. They get to shake hands with the nuclear scientist from North Korea. Here's an idea. Slip a card into that handshake. Slip a note into that handshake. We're done. We're done. Let's all go home. Operation Mm -hmm. over. Operation is over. No, they don't. They don't do that. They're like they shake hands with him. They're like, maybe we'll get to meet him a different time. See, here's the thing. (laughs) Now that we've made contact with this person who never comes into public, we finally (laughs) saw him. Here's what we'll do. Mm -hmm. We need a lot more public gatherings and we're going to flip a coin on the outcome of this golf tournament to see if we can ever talk to him again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because the next thing that happens is she gets paired up with somebody and she gets paired up with some random other pro and is like, ah, I wish it was Wu Kim Lee. Well, and, and here's again, like, I, I'm, I'm, I hate to keep banging on this. I don't understand the golf tournament. Like, I don't get, which is a hard thing for me because I've been doing this for like 30 years. I don't get the golf tournament at all. The prep, mm-hmm. like, she's like, I gotta, I gotta have this practice round today. This is really important. Mm-hmm. I shot six under. You don't keep scoring practice rounds. That's not a thing. Oh, really? 
No, the week of a golf. No, the week of a golf tournament is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If it's a four day event on the women's tour, typically it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They, for the most part, only play three days unless it's a major or a big time event. Mm -hmm. So let's say they played four days in this. They'll mm -hmm. play Thursday through Sunday. You get there on Monday, the week of. You can play practice rounds Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to get used to the course. You throw balls down. You hit out of the rough. You hit out of the bunkers. You don't keep score. It's about learning where the course is. So you, you're not like in your head about like, oh my God, I have a practice round today. I have to play so well. It's yeah. really important. That's not a thing. So then I'm thinking, well, she keeps calling these things qualifying rounds. I guess that's what she means the first two rounds of the tournament to be on Thursday and Friday. But we never get there. We never mm -hmm. have those rounds. Like it's... Because she's like, then we got to make sure you qualify for the final round. Well, if you make the cut halfway through the tournament, you automatically play right. the last two rounds. They do not typically cut after the third round. Very rarely will they cut oh, the okay. bottom like 10. So it's like, basically, if you qualify for the final two rounds, mm -hmm. you're good to go. You'll You'd be there the rest of the weekend. Bold. So right. if, for 150 people in a tournament, top 70 in ties, make it to the weekend. Like that's, I just, I never understood this like, Okay, leave me alone. Because she should be doing all of this like spy work during the practice mm -hmm. rounds. Because yeah. you have so much more access. They are not important. They are not stressful. But you she don't acts keep like score. It's a media blitz. Like who's yeah. watching? Who's there? Who's you know? That that was the whole opportunity. It's like oh cool during the practice rounds. Even though I think this plot is ridiculous, she'll use it to go to the practice screen or you know you can hop holes. Like people won't play eighteen holes. You'll play nine or you'll play four on the front nine and go to the back nine and play some. Like it's about you can run into people accidentally in those situations way mm -hmm. easier than a tournament round where you're like, yeah, I wanted to take a six hour steam. That's not considered. That's not weird at all that I was waiting for this one person to walk in here. Come on, Omega. Put Come it on, together. Omega. Jeez, Omega. Come on, Rogue. <laughs> I thought you played golf. <laughs> then they have a conversation about like. When they so if she does want to defect, like when they should do that extraction, and she says no, Wu Kim Lee is way too competitive. She won't want to do the extraction until after the tournament is over. What? Gotta hang like, up them W's. You are Gotta a North Korean woman who wants to potentially cause an international incident by like defecting to America. This is a huge deal in your life. Yeah. Gotta finish this St. Andrew's charity golf tournament first. <laughs> no, I, I have to, again, ask you, I suppose, mm -hmm. as the expert. Yeah. She's a world-famous golfer. Yeah. Most of the world-famous tournaments are played in the United States. Would this not be an easier op when she came over here to play, say, the U.S. Women's Open? I don't know. I but do, would, would a North Korean athlete come to the United States to play for a charity golf tournament? I don't know. I, I realize... Like, it doesn't really matter because this plot is so riddled with plot no, holes. I, exactly. No, I hear you. But it's it's one of those, you can't become a world-famous golfer, really, unless mm -hmm. you're going to compete. Like, this weekend is the first women's major of the year, the Anna Inspiration. It's their masters. Mm -hmm. you and can't it's here? Become, it's, it's in Palm Springs. Okay. And so, the Anna Inspiration, the U.S. Women's Open, the Women's PGA Championship, like, these are the biggest events in the world. They're played here. They They're the all here. They're all here. Like the Women's British Opens is over there Ooh, and the Avion okay. is in France. But like the, the largest tour is here. The most prestigious events are here. There's okay. no way this woman becomes a world famous golfer. I without see. So playing just by a function of her being world famous, she would have had to. If she's here. the number one player in the world, it is not possible. 
that she is not playing golf in the United States. Well, that's super crazy. Maybe it's because, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I'm trying to rationalize this. Maybe it's because her dad's going to this one. Like, maybe her dad wouldn't be able to accompany her to the U.S. Ooh, due to him being I like their, that. I actually like that. nuclear scientist. I think that's possible. I did not think about that. And we really that. want to scoop up that scientist more than we give a shit Obviously. about golf pro. Yeah. Hurtful. Hurtful. Hey. I, but that's what the book says. Uh, but that felt personal. That felt. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to just, feel just saying. Um, really. But yeah, hey, you know what? If you I were did... stranded in a foreign country, I would I would want you to come to America. <laughs> but uh, that makes more sense. I wasn't thinking about that. Okay. Okay. So then we switch to the point of view of this Air Force pilot. We get a lot of stuff about bombers and uh, being stationed in Scotland and why and how that's a forward operating base, which I thought was very weird because it's a Me Royal too. Air Force. I, I don't understand how a Scot a, a Scottish Air Force base, it seemed like, was also an American FOB for mission. I, I don't know. I'm not going to question her Air Force stuff because I get, you know, she is an Air Force person, but it seemed odd that she would call it a forward operating base if it's a foreign I was going to ask you that because I, I thought the same thing. I thought it was basically we would set up a FOB versus using a joint like military base or something like that. Well, we would. We would use we would use a Scottish whatever. Like if we were if we were allies with a country, we would use part. You know, we, we do missions with people all the time. But like we wouldn't call it a forward operating base. That's that was going to be my question. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe in the Air Force they would. So then he talks about how he used to call her. Puddles? <laughs> okay, no, no. Don't you do that. Don't you stand up for Luke, okay? Okay. Don't you cover for Luke. I'm not. What he does uh-huh. is he calls her, hey, pud. Yeah. Well, he says in his in his internal monologue, he calls her puddles. No, but I know it's reality, four puddles. In reality, he calls her pud. I know yeah. it's four puddles. Let me tell you a little, little tip out there for you lovers. <laughs> you want to do something funny? Uh-huh. Look at your partner and just say, hey, pud, how you doing today? Uh-huh. And see how that goes over. Yeah, because it's not, it's, not going to go well because pud does not mean puddles. <laughs> and the only reason terms of endearment are OK to use in public is because mm-hmm. you don't want the general public to hear you say something. And you're like, oh, my God, that guy's that guy's terrible. What a right. terrible person for calling that woman a pud. Uh-huh. And uh, he does it a lot. A and lot. When I said it to Jess, she looked at me. She's like, I'm sorry. What? Like, yeah. OK, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that didn't work. It didn't no, sound it like doesn't. it worked in my head. But also, it's a stupid nickname. It's a dumb nickname. Because he calls her Puddles because, like, she was a whitewater kayaker and he was, like, making fun of her life's dream um, by saying she just, like, paddles around in puddles. Yeah. No, I hate Luke. I'll be honest. I hate him. <laughs> I, mean, I have a lot of hatred for Luke Harper. Here's the thing. I don't know enough about Dana Duncan or Luke Harper to hate either of them. I know nothing about them except for their professions. <laughs> it's basically the pud thing. Yeah, that's fair enough. that's what really gets me. And the the kissing thing at the beginning that bothers me. Oh yeah, I, that that was a, that was an assault. That was yeah, <laughs> that was yes. an assault. <laughs> um, so I know the so, two things I need to know. Mike Callahan, uh, Dana's partner, former MP, codename Hawk does go to the Scottish Air Force Base to talk to <laughs> Captain Luke Harper, uh, codename, fuck, I forgot his call sign, to oh. his commander to be like, hey, the media of Scotland, because again, world famous couple, saw you kissing Dana this morning and we don't want to have some kind of like, we have a mission here, me, Mike, 
uh, as the, I have a mission and uh, completely unrelated to Dana. Don't even worry about it. I have a mission <laughs> and you guys probably have a mission. Um, and due to those missions and the media, we probably want to like get Luke away from those bombers because reporters might be following him around as if they can just waltz onto the Air Force base and like, yeah, like- I don't know. Is there is there a Twitter page for the Air Force where they just update what all the people on the base are doing at all times? I'm like, oh, Luke Harper, B2s today. Like, yeah. I, I don't get how easily accessible this information is. I'm also concerned with Omegas just walking up to some random person they do not know in a branch of the military and going, hey, yeah. we got missions going on here. Yeah. So I'm I'm mission active. A lot of confidential information just getting passed willy-nilly. Between oh, Colonel yeah. Anderson and Luke Harper and Hawk and Jilly and no Rogue need to know and, whatsoever. And lightning, whoever the fuck that is, because every time lightning got brought up, I'm like, okay, who is that? That has to be from like page two. Yeah, it was. I, it was from page two. Good work. Quick, quick question: How old do you think Hawk is? How old? Yeah, thirty. Jilly. So he's definitely older 12. than sixteen. Good. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. But what's so weird to me is like. Mike Callahan, the partner, goes to the Air Force base to alert his, Luke Harper's commander about this media issue that may or may not even be an issue for the Air Force, depending on their level of OPSEC. But also, like, he doesn't link his mission to Dana in front of Luke. So, like, I don't know why Luke thinks he's getting transferred. It's very strange. Right. So, okay. So then, so, so then after he gets transferred, he, like, goes to see Dana. Oh, to, like, like, light her up. To be like, yeah. hey, asshole, why'd like, you get me transferred off my shit? And then she's like in the room with the MP. So now he thinks that she's like sleeping with the MP and is somehow mad about this. Right. He's like, wow, you two look really cozy. And it's like, well, we broke up five years ago. So like. Yeah. I've been with others. <laughs> yeah, I've been with other men. You didn't Sorry. ruin me for all men. Although maybe yeah. he did. I don't know. I, well, it sounds, it sounds, either. yeah, it, it sounds as though he's capable in the very short amount of romance we get in this book. <laughs> yes. So then so then she like goes to lunch with him and she's like, okay, I'll tell you everything. E- everything. We're in a public spot. Let's talk <laughs> about Wu Kim Lee wants to defect. Here's the mission. Here's the extraction plan. Here's what we're doing. By the way, I'm a secret government agent now. Since we met, I did become a secret government agent, which doesn't seem to really like he makes a couple comments about like, wow, she's a government agent now, but not like. Right. I just feel like I would have a lot of questions well, <laughs> if my he, like college boyfriend of... was like, <laughs> hey, but I, I'm just I'm a secret government agent now. I'm here to extract this North Korean golfer. I'd be like, whoa. But but Luke's Luke's head went somewhere else. He's like, OK, I could use this to have sex with you. Yes. I could. <laughs> this is this was the one thing I needed to hear today because mm-hmm. now I have leverage over you because you have a mission going on and I can ruin that for you. So here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to leverage it to have sex with you. Yeah. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? 
All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. And their mission, Dana's mission, involves somehow the Air Force Base. Like, I think they use the Air Force Base to, like, they're Extract. supposed to use the plan, the, the planes there to, like, yeah. So then, after her lunch, Mike Callahan, codename Hawk, says to Dana Duncan, codename Rogue, <laughs> Harper, meaning Luke Harper, knows this area of the base, Rogue. He might be some way, there might be some way we can exploit that knowledge. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You need a random cat. You didn't have knowledge of the. You don't have anybody on the base already lined up who knows their way around, like the streets and like the where the buildings are. Like that's a that's a rough indictment of your plan. That's that's sir. the first ten minutes of any heist movie. Is somehow we have the <laughs> blueprints of where we're going to be. Yeah, like that's step one. Need, yeah, I need maps. I need. <laughs> I need outlines, I need blueprints, but it really feels like this op was thrown together very quickly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we skipped over, we skipped over this part that I have to, I have to bring up because it's racist on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. The nickname for uh, Wu Kim Lee is Tigress Wu. Yeah, I didn't, is that supposed to be like Tiger Woods though? Yes, but because Tiger Woods is part Asian, he's he's Asian on his mother's side. Oh God, I didn't know that. Okay, so, I'm gonna let you uh, take this away. Yeah, so I don't, I don't really want to. I'm not obviously going to do the voice or anything like that. But uh, when he came out, a lot of people instead of calling him Tiger Woods would use the stereotypically very, very racist I see. Asian accent and say I Tiger see. Wu. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Th- well, that's th- rough. That's really yeah. rough. When that was written in there, I was like, that is so racist. That is like. Racist on racist on racist. Yeah, I mean, I clocked it, but then I was like, oh, well, you know, just Tigress in general being a, a name for an Asian woman. I was like, that's really rough. And then I was like, well, it's probably like Tiger Woods. So, like, maybe it's not as bad as I think. And there are far worse things in this book. So I'm going to gloss by it. Right, right. But that's, um. now that you have explained that, that's probably the worst. Uh, yeah, well. That's when, probably when, the worst thing in the book. When Tiger came out, he, you know, obviously his race was a big deal. And there was a big Nike commercial when he first came out that was it like. Well, I know the- nothing about Tiger Woods. I had no idea he was even. <laughs> And when he came out, he did this Nike commercial that was like, hey, I'm like the number one player in the world and there's still courses in the country that I can't play because of the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. And Nike really leaned into that. And so he did this interview and I want to say it was on Oprah or something like that. But he came out with this term Coblin Asian. He was like, I consider myself Coblin Asian. I'm Caucasian. I'm black. I'm Asian. I have some Native American. They know all these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so people really like got into that from all angles. And it was a big media storm. And, uh, you know, his his mother, Coltita Woods, is Asian. And, you know, that's where all that bad shit started coming from Oof. as far as, yeah. It was it was not good. Like, it was not good. And when I read that in this book, I was like, whether she was trying to or not, like, that was, that was rough. Yeah. 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 And she says it a few times. And I think Luke says it once. I think, I think yeah. it comes up where she's like, oh, Wu Ken Lee. And he's like, oh, Tigress Wu. And I'm like, Wow. We're just going to really bang into that. 
Yeah, um, I'm I'm glad you were here because I know nothing about Tiger Woods and whoa. We can have that podcast too if you want. Oh yeah, uh, please. Our <laughs> listeners would love just a history of Tiger Woods. Okay, so where are we? Oh, she goes to the practice now? Yeah, I yes, I guess. Again, I get really confused, but she has two quote practice rounds, which she gets she's like really serious for and she's like I got to get ready for it. I played great today. Mm-hmm. And there was a line too where they said something like Oh my God, did you see Wu Kim Lee's shot on 17? It went to three inches. And then they're like, and then she sank the putt. (laughs) I could do that. Three inches. It's three inches. Come on, people. I could do that. And I'm (laughs) telling you that on a driving range, I have never successfully hit the ball with the club. Not once. That's, I'm going to go ahead and uh, confirm that for the the general public. (laughs) Despite a lot of instruction. (laughs) Not, not your sport. Hey. I, like I said, golf has gotten me almost nowhere, so you're not missing out. Fair enough. Okay, so Luke goes to the practice round, and that he becomes goes to the like practice a, round. a media thing, because he has the day off now, because he's been dismissed from his post. Right. So that becomes, oh my god, Luke Harper is here. Remember, America's it couple from five right. years ago, the, the Air Force captain and the whitewater kayaker. My god, might, might they be back together in like the paparazzi and like, okay, so then... Dana has information that uh, Wu Kim Lee is going to be after after every practice. She has a massage and goes to the sauna. Um, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I again deep deep racism here. Um, yeah, she sees the masseuse who's like a big lady who's one of her like uh, North Korean. Um, uh, what do you call it when you have a lot of people around you like her, her team or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's brought her with her from North right. Korea. She's her. You're not going to you're not going to use her name from the book. You don't want to. Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, So she <laughs> she says that she's like a Jesus. big lady and that she looks like a sumo wrestler, mm-hmm. which is not even a Korean thing Mm-mm. and is extremely racist. And then mm-hmm. she calls her sumo mama for yep. the rest of the book. Constantly. 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 And this woman, like, like it's so many things in one, like it's racist. It's fat shaming. Like it's, it's, it's. Oh, even when I, they, even when they eventually fight, she's got to like comment on the weight. Yeah. She's and like, it's, <sighs> and this book several times just treats Asia as all one thing. Yes. Like at some point we get Jilly, who again is a 12 year old girl who comes in later in the book saying that she can like speak Korean because she like went to Beijing. She was in Beijing. <laughs> she was in, she's like, I was in Beijing for a couple years. And so I speak Korean months, 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 or months. I'm sorry. Months. months. So I speak Korean. Like they just treat Asia as yes. like one thing which again like calling somebody sumo mama already has problems like regardless of country of origin of that person but it's just like it's like oh it's all what these, these are asian things like it's just like asia is one yeah, big don't worry thing. it's we're good here you get Oof. me you see the thought of this book is like you feel me right yeah like, this you know is this I'm is saying. a funny joke right like yeah, yeah. no we cool no no <laughs> no so she does encounter uh Wu kim lee in the sauna she calls her an exhibitionist for being naked in the sauna, which was really rough. Because we get a lot of like how Wu Kim Lee is like sexy, which is a problem as well. 
she makes a point to say she's 18, which I was yeah. just like, make her 20 something, please. But she also keeps like referring to her as the teenager. Yes. The teen, the teen phenomenon. And then it's yeah. like, but she's so sexy. And she says at one point that she has like many boyfriends back home. Well, and, and she like, fires on Luke Harper. Yeah, several times. Yeah. Because we've got to know that he's sexy, so sexy that like this girl wants him too. And then she's like, gosh, what an exhibitionist to be naked in the sauna. And it's like, wow. That's um, that's one of the few places where it's like totally okay to be naked in front of others. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to wear clothes and stuff. No, that's, why? No, you're in a sauna. Yes. Anyway, um, but then she's like, but it did help me know that she had no listening devices on. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, the, the dialogue could have been: we came in, and I was happy to see that she came into the sauna naked. Therefore, I knew she had no listening devices on her. Yeah. Moving on to the next sentence. Yeah, instead of like uh, her exhibitionist sprawl indicated a total lack of self-consciousness. Con- also let Dana know that the teen, again, wasn't sporting any hidden listening or recording devices. No. I uh, Sprawl. Just the word sprawl. <laughs> she, try- she tries to talk to her about defecting, but then they get interrupted, um, I think, by the, the massage therapist. And then at the same time, Mike Callahan, former MP, codenamed Hawk, is talking to the dad. <laughs> and they keep trying to have these conversations to, like, find out if they want to defect, but, like, not quite say they're from the government. Like, not quite say, here's who we are, blah, blah, blah. And I just feel like if these two want to defect, what you need to be like is, like, I'm from the government. And then just wait. If they want to defect... They'll tell you they will tell that you. they want to defect. It's th- it's the thing that they want. They'll come to you. And instead, she's like, I've got to be careful to not let anyone know I'm from the government. <laughs> and then find out whether she wants to defect. It's like completely backwards. It's like, I've got to, I've got to find her and like trap her into letting me know that she wants to defect. Well, it feels more like a kidnapping plot than it does a defection where they're like, <laughs> yeah. hey... If we could trick these people into thinking we're helping them do something, we can shove them in a car, fly them somewhere, mm-hmm. and then ransom them off. That's what this plan is. Mm-hmm. It is certainly not a governmental defection. And honestly, what this plan should have been is like, of course we have operatives in North Korea, right? Yes. We should have had somebody go to them in North Korea weeks ago. Be like, you want an effect? Okay, here's what we're going to do. When you're in Scotland... We're going to do this and that. You're going to meet somebody named Dana Duncan. She's going to be playing in the in the thing with you. We're going to partner her with you. Yes. We're going to partner her with you. And she's going to tell you the details of how to do this. Ah, so easy. It's so easy. <laughs> so we, look at this. Look, we were able to put this together for you, Omega. My if God. And we're not spies. Omega, <laughs> if you're hiring, because I assume you pay well, give us a shout. Omega? We can, we, can, we can do a little, you know, consulting for you. I don't think they do pay well because it's not even her full-time job. She has another part-time job training whitewater kayakers at the, the National Training Center of Whitewater Kayaking. Well, that's just because you can't take the kayak out of her. <laughs> because when she's there, she has Scottish folk coming up to her and saying, Hey, Dana, while you're here, are you going to hit these rapids or whatever? And she's like, well, no, actually my favorite place to... Kayak is here, but I'll let you know if I'm like, okay, okay, mm-hmm. calm down. Like, there's no way. There's no way you're this mm-hmm. fucking famous. I'm sorry. No. They, she has, like, another little spat with, with Luke. They just keep, like, going, being like, I don't want to see you. I don't want to be around you. Like, why are you here sort of thing. 
and uh, let me read this passage to you and let, tell me what tell me what you think of this. <laughs> Don't push me, Harper. I can't think of anything I would enjoy more than seriously rearranging your pretty face. <laughs> A sardonic glint worked its way through Luke's bristling antagonism. Seems I recall you wanting to rearrange more than my pretty face, Pud. What does it mean? I don't know what that meant. When I have that have marked as well. People, do you rearrange anything on them? I like, am I doing be. this wrong? <laughs> Is there a rearrangement that? Am I happens? supposed to be removing things? I don't and, understand. And putting them other places, like, uh, like, am I supposed to be like, got your nose at some point? <laughs> This is the Mr. Potato Head of sex. No, I Luke is the worst. Like, Luke thinks of himself. He's like frat bro to me, where uh-huh. he thinks everything that he is saying is like super clever and that he's got everything totally worked out. And yeah. I hate him and he's wrong. And none of none of his uh, comebacks are clever. None of his lines are good. No. The, the fucking runner on Gardenia later in the book made yeah. me want to just jump off the roof. That's her fault, too, though. Like, neither of them are... Like, I know nothing about them besides what they do for a living. And right. also, I don't like them. Like, right. what they do say isn't smart or funny no, or no. cool. I did, yeah. When I got to the end of it, I wasn't like, man, I wish I had known more about these people. It was, man, right. I, I wish it had gone very, very wrong for them in that final pursuit. Right. So they hatch the worst plan ever, which is to fake like they're in a relationship for the media as a distraction because if they don't give the media anything, they'll just glom on harder mm-hmm. and try to like find out even harder whether they're together. So if they just say we're together now, that'll create a distraction and also like I don't know, get the media off their backs, which are two completely different <laughs> opposing goals luke does not need to be a part of this whatsoever no luke is not the god of the air force so here's how this should work hey colonel anderson you're luke's superior we've got this going on this is what we need to do you need to stick luke in a basement for four days and he needs to to not it's but but what i'm saying is like that's what they needed to do not transfer Mm -hmm. him not send him to a new base put him on fucking lockdown in a room (laughs) and then luke is gone yeah. This isn't a month-long play. This is four days. Yeah. Like, this is happening Sunday night. So, and guess what, Luke Harper? Them, you're gone. They're like, oh, we're going to create this distraction. We're going to, like, make out for the cameras and stuff. And, like, neither of them clears that with either of their chains of command. Nah. They're just it's, like, it's, this is a brilliant idea. Yeah, it's definitely more of a ask forgiveness, not permission situation for them. They're like, this is what we did. So, is it a good idea? Well, it kind of fucking has to be now. And then they base this plan on their experience having dated in college. This is the level, like she at one point says that her old wetsuit from the Olympics like sold on eBay for millions of dollars. Okay, so like that's the level of fame that she's that they're trying to like f- make us believe here. So at one point during their col- college, they're on the <laughs> University of Colorado, Colorado Boulder campus, the media is so fixated on how often athletes have sex before Olympic sport times. Mm-hmm. And they keep asking her, do you have sex before you kayak, Dana? And she keeps being like, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not going to answer that question about how often me and Luke have sex. That reporters then went through their garbage to find to see if there were any used condoms in there and they're like yes remember that we don't want that again so let's just tell them we're having sex 
What? <laughs> like, I don't think the most it couple in the world, I don't think anyone's ever gone through Bradgelina's trash to see if there were any used condoms in there. No, no. And and this is, maybe this is a little inside baseball, but let me give you guys a little, little look into the physicality of golf. Okay. I spent my <laughs> entire life being told golf is not a sport. That's mm-hmm. fine. It's okay. It's physically demanding in certain respects. It is not long distance running. It is not gymnastics. It is not football. It is not tennis. Certainly isn't figure skating. It's definitely not figure skating for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, What, you know, you have to take a stick. You have to swing at 115, 120 miles an hour. And you have to walk like seven miles a day. And it's a long, grueling day for different reasons. Unless you get in your little car. You got a little car. But you're not allowed to do that in the pros. Oh, you can't do that? You can't get in the car? No carts in the pros. No, you got to walk. That's why you have a caddy carry your bag. Because you oh. don't want to strap on 50 pounds and walk seven miles, eight miles. You know huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe for, because I know this has been asked of boxers, like that's always a, you know, an old tale of boxing trainers. Like, no, yeah, and like you football gotta, people. Yeah, I think like is you got to be pent thing. up. You got to be yeah. pent up to do the to do the thing. You got to be pent up maybe to, to kayak faster. Blech. Nobody has ever gone through a golfer's garbage to be like, I mean... If well, you're not pent up ta- to play golf. She was a kayaker at the time. Well, that's at what I'm time, saying. She, yeah. So the kayak makes sense. Yeah. Now, I don't think people oh, are going to be going through now. garbage yeah. <laughs> at St. Andrews to be like, if anything, you want to be relaxed when you play golf. It's yeah. There's a lot of touch involved. So sure. I don't think anybody's going to be like, I got to know, do you have sex before golf? <laughs> I, before, during, and after. It doesn't matter. It's not going to affect. Like, Honestly, between numbers seven and eight, uh, we we had a little fun. Like it doesn't matter. It's like you guys are ridiculous. I I like the idea that this is a sport that you could, in the middle of the game, go peace out and have sex with somebody and come back, and no one would know. Oh, one hundred percent. First of all, it takes forever. It takes forever. Golf is when I play. The, I remember. I think it was like maybe my sophomore year. I was playing my first round at the state tournament. It took six and a half hours. Wow. It's a lot of free time. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you, it takes maybe three seconds to swing a golf club. Mm-hmm. So swing it maybe 74 times that day, 75 mm-hmm. times. That's not a lot of minutes out of mm-hmm. six and a half hours. Sure. That's why there's a bunch of guys on tour that have been like pop for like they do drugs during the rounds, like sneak over into the bathrooms, a little cocaine. Mm. You know. Yeah. That, that probably it's, a, it's a hard life out on tour. I'm just yes, saying. <laughs> probably. We got a lot of hard men out there. Well, they are going to circumvent that uh, <laughs> media blitz. The by, media golfing blitz at the international fucking by just, pro-am. By just saying we fuck. We're fucking each other. We're, yeah, we we're do it all the time. This is what will calm you down. We'll tell you about sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then Wu Kim Lee does hit on Luke Harper when they go to their next uh, media event and imply that Dana's going to do bad because she has a distraction. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think it's that one where, like, they have Luke, like, stand in front of her entourage so that, like, and he, like, yeah. blocks their view so that Dana can be like, do you want it to affect? <laughs> like, <Yeah. just laughs> that was super it. weird. They make it sound like he's, like, cronk. Right, uh-huh. where he's like yeah. 65 inches wide, yeah, total wall, and she does like basically write it in jelly pen on her forearm. Would you like to defect yes, no, or maybe? And then that's yeah. how the, the plan moves forward. And she's forward. like, yeah, I do. I do want to. Uh, 
want like to defect. defect. Well, this is again, where she's like, I can't mention that I'm from the U.S. government. I'm like, that's all you need to do. All you need to do. That's it. That's all you, all this you is need the to one do piece of information they need to know. Is pass somebody one of your business cards. That's it, period. They will come to you. They want to defect. Like, <laughs> and if they don't, they'll be like, oh, that's weird. Another government agent has been like how many business cards do you think this nuclear physicist gets from agents like every time he's abroad like a billion i'm sure he'll be like oh it's another one i don't and passes it to whatever person right they, they give it to the entourage and they look at them and they're like okay put this dude on and the then, list we yeah somebody puts that on a list and then we burn that phone after the thing and that's not a real name and then it's done it's then it's done i oh my god okay all right anyway <laughs> And she's using her real name. And she's using her real name. So, like, <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Because she's famous. She's famous. Because she's famous. Use, again, if you're going to do this, the famous person can't be a part of the organization. It has to be. And please, for the love of God, somebody who speaks fucking Korean. Jesus Christ. Like, it's not a niche language. Like, it's a language a lot of people speak. In the government. In the yes. United States government. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. So then um, they do kiss for the cameras. It is a good kiss. Um, she's, uh, she had, her body has an eager reaction to it. The romance in this is bad. Um, okay. Like hard, everything else. Hard true. Yeah, hard yeah. true. So then the um, massage therapist with the uh, very racist uh, nickname does give her a look at one point. Like a mean look. And then after that, whew. They go to, she goes to her hotel room and there is a bottle of champagne waiting for her on ice that has been uncorked already. corked Oh my God. I almost called you. I wanted to call you. <laughs> because of all the stupid shit that is in this book and how bad these agents are, I would not go to my hotel room and if there was an unopened bottle of anything, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to have that. Dust I'll it for I'll prints. Let's yeah. dust that for prints. <laughs> let's, let's take let's a look at this. Let's empty that into some kind of an evidence bottle. Let's yep. ship it off. My God. I'm not feeling super confident about the contents of this bottle. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't just swig down from that. And just it's like a congratulations for like a good practice round. Like, come on. <sighs> So then Luke Harper, uh, former, uh, Air, no, current Air Force captain, he does pour her a glass of that champagne and give her a back rub. And then um, she gets mad mm. at him. And then during when she gets mad at yeah, he's good at back rubs. <laughs> when she gets mad at him, um, she has a heart attack. Yeah. She, has a heart attack. <laughs> she does have a heart attack. And oh, okay. yes, I think we're about to say the same thing. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. But I think we are, too. Luke immediately, she's clearly having a heart attack. She's sweaty. She's pale. She's gripping her heart. She can't breathe. He thinks back to seer training mm -hmm. um, and all the things he was taught to do in seer training, which is like a survival slash medical slash mental survival sort of a thing. And then he renders no first aid whatsoever. Zero. He calls the hotel front desk. And says, we need an ambulance and one of those uh, portable defibrillators, please. Then she's like, you need to call Hawk, Mike Callahan, former MP, uh, codename Hawk. 
from my watch. And then, like, he can't figure out the watch, and she has to, like, give him instructions, and then they come. But, like, he, he just, like, cradles her in his arms while she has a heart attack. Yeah. And he renders no first aid. None. No first aid. So, again, Luke sucks. Yeah. There's just Bad. no way to get around that. Number might two. be a North Korean operative after, after this witnessing point, this. Might, at this point, have some questions. Mm-hmm. This, again, is a secretive operation. Why the fuck? First of all, you'd have medical backup somehow would be part of your team. Yeah, right? sure. If you're carrying a gun around in your fanny pack, you're going to have some kind of medical something something. You're going to have something because there is no way you would want to call the hotel operator, get the mobile defibrillator, call a fucking ambulance and make mm-hmm. this a public story. Yes. What you want to do is handle it in-house, obviously. Yeah, and say, if you can. Get... Get lightning over here. Bring the defibrillator because you're going to have that because you have gear. Mm-hmm. We've got to figure this out. And then you show up the next morning and everybody's like, huh? Mm-hmm. Like that's what's supposed to happen. Not we should make this a public story. That's mm-hmm. what we should do. We got to keep everything in the public. I, I mean. But they, they like do it on purpose. They're like, this is great. Now there's another <laughs> media distraction from the thing as if they're not just working the media into a frenzy. Now they won't ask us about condoms yeah. or the B2. <laughs> The B2. The fucking B2. Oh, man. It's such it's such like a just an undercurrent in this book is like the B2. (laughs) The B2 is what you learn about in this book. This is like the brochure that is given to the Air Force to be like, we can build you the B2 if this is what you want. (laughs) Okay, so she's been poisoned by that champagne. And she's at the hospital. They don't understand that she's been poisoned by... We know that she's been poisoned by champagne. They don't figure it out for a couple of chapters. But what they do know is she's sick somehow. And so they might need to bring... So they might need to bring in another <laughs> I, another honestly, operative The, the from faces Omega. that Aaron and I have been sh- just showing each other through this whole book have been uh, incredible. I... They need to bring in another operative to finish the golf tournament in her place. I feel like that's not a thing that happens mid-golf tournament. No, that's called a withdrawal. Yeah. yeah. Can, and can I have Jilly play for me tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- th- this is also really funny because I think at the next day when she shows up, not only can I have Jilly stand in for me, no, you're out of the tournament now. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. You were an Olympic athlete. You know how these things work. Mm-hmm. You don't get to qualify for something and then have someone stand in for you. But then she's playing with a totally different pro. Yeah. The last couple weird, days. Right? That's not a fucking thing. Like I just don't it's so weird. No, so, like if I if you're if you're the pro and I'm the amateur, I team up with Mac, we're the team. Like that's Yeah. That's it for the week. That's how I that don't works. know why it would switch. I thought that was strange too, not knowing anything about this. Yeah, it's totally ridiculous. So then they bring in Jilly, who guys, this must be the next book. Hawk, Mike Callahan, former military police officer, code codename Hawk, he is in love with someone who must be twelve to seventeen years old. Jillian Jilly. Um, so I thought at one point I read he was her godfather, but did I get that wrong? I think that might be true because he's right? best friends with her parents, and he's like really into her. Yeah, and, and she like wants to be a secret spy, but she's like too young to do it yet and she's like come on put me in like she's like and they're like no sport like you're not you're not ready you're not an adult you know but yeah he's best friends with her parents it's definitely like an age inappropriate relationship like she's 
too young to be a spy and they're like whoa kiddo don't you know like that kind of stuff and he like he knows it's inappropriate it, it's it's yeah. rough it, it's, idea, it's just a hard read like it's just it's not even it's not cutesy like she's 25 and he's 35 or something and it's just the age he's worried about there's so many connections between her and him that uh, yeah i do not like <laughs> they're clearly setting up the next book so then she she comes and flies out in case Dana can't play the next day due to her heart attack. She's going to just um, pinch hit for Nicely her done. in the golf tournament. So she gets there. And by the time she gets there, Dana's like, no, I feel great. So then the next day at the tournament, she like goes to some media thing. And this is the girl that like speaks a few lines of Korean to Woo Kim Lee. And then. Right. All right. Okay. I. I'm going to read this out loud <laughs> to to let you guys know how fucking racist this book is. Jillian says this. I also spent almost two years in Beijing. I don't pretend to fully comprehend the Asian mind with all of its subtle Jesus. complexities. But I'll bet that I can relate to Wu Kim Lee on her father on levels you can't. I'm just going to leave that there. That's how fucking racist this book is. <laughs> it, and there's, what, 50 examples of that in this book? Yes! Yes! I, I like, again, I thought this would be a safe book. It's published by Harlequin. It's about golf. It's about, fu it's about golf and uh, uh, the Scotland and I didn't, how? They why? are getting the racism part of golf correct. I mean, I guess if we're looking for accuracy. My God. But no, it was, it, Jess was asking. She goes, so how's the book of mine? Do not give money. Do not buy her books. Do not, if you bought it, return it. Give her a bad review. I certainly did. Um, yeah, Jess, Jess was like, how's the book? I'm like, ah, you know, real bad. Like, Yeah, just, really bad. Just not good at on all. On every level. Like, every on every level. Conceivable level. Okay. So, Jilly goes past her. I understand her experience. Sure. Get me in the game. Yeah. And they end up getting... Because there's a break day. That's another thing that didn't oh, make sense. Oh, yeah. Like, That's when they go... Now they're going to go to their, like, weird little camp. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, they, they end up going... He's like, you need some rest. Because... For some reason, there's a break between playing. Right. There's there's an off day, which right. doesn't make sense either. And so he's like, I've got this cabin I can take you to. With bunk beds. With bunk beds. In the middle of nowhere, far, far away from medical attention. Yeah. It's like 40, we'll 50 be kilometers totally, away. Totally isolated and unable to. Um, no security whatsoever. Uh, no medical. So you can and, relax. And at, this <laughs> and at this point, I'm still not sure. Luke isn't part of North Korea because yeah. I don't think we have we have got to the bottom of that yet because there's they, they're like, hey, we want to see the videos of the people who came to the, the room. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't think at this point they had seen those videos yet. No. So mm -mm. And, and one thing we skipped over, Luke was actually in the room when yeah. the champagne got delivered. Right. So he it was, was there. like he walked in. Well, she walked in and Luke was in the room already. They With didn't walk the in the room together. Yeah, exactly. So the one guy we know had contact yes. with this champagne is her scorned lover from five years ago who just happens to be here in Scotland and during their off. And poured a single glass. Did not One have two glass. glasses. Poured a single glass Fun. of champagne. Yep. And said, and said darling, drink this. Taste this yeah. for you. 
for you. Allow this, allow this to dribble across your lips and yep. let's just see what happens. And when you have a heart attack, I'll hold you in the fetal position and not administer any aid any whatsoever. First aid. And then afterwards, I will whisk you away to the forest alone <laughs> with no security. And we'll leave the team here. Doesn't this sound romantic? Honestly, if if Luke took a villain turn, and it would have been great. She ended up and with she, Hawk. Hawk, yes, that's a better book. And and Hawk's like, yes, let's bang for a couple reasons. One, you're hot, and two, you're this not child, a child. This child will leave me alone. <laughs> you're not a child, which is a bonus for me. Yes, considering the is, situation I'm in, this is a super win for me all the way around. So they play gin rummy, boring, um, at the oh, place. Oh, I actually like that part. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I can play gin rummy. Usually they say rummy. card games. We're both like from the Midwest. Part. Let's not brag I, about it. I, well, it's, I mean, we're, you know, we're Uyghurs <laughs> in our blood, people. Anyway, moving on. So um, they they go to bed. She goes to bed in the bunk bed. He sleeps in the chair. He They both think about doing sex on each other, but then they don't. She wakes up, he's in the chair all rumpled, and she thinks he's a sexy man due to his rumpledness and beard. Yes. That's he has a beard. 24 hours, beard. Beard. Yes. Full, full on beard. beard. Like, like beard injuring. Yeah. Enough Be- to injure. Yeah, like she gets like rashes when they finally yeah. do do it from beard. And then they both admit that they find them each other to be a sexy, sexy person. Yeah, they identify as par- as potential physical partners. Yes, and then um, they decide that they will have sex one time tonight. <laughs> sex contracts. <laughs> They're gonna do sex on each other one time because they were good at it. Well, they, and they make this. It's like a whole deal. There's like, look, here's the contract. Yeah. We're gonna show up tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to go to lunch. Then I'm going to play this round. We're going to do your echocardiogram. (laughs) After we're done with the stress test, then we're going to go back. We're going to have a bagel. That'll carb load. Then what Uh we're going to do is a bath and sex. That's the part that we're only going to leave right there. Then after that, I'm going to head to the range and do some practice. Like It's this very weird six-part contract. I do like that the stress test and uh, EKG was was part of it because I was a little concerned that it was like you had a heart attack yesterday. We still don't know whether that was like poison or what. That could have been just a straight-up heart attack. Like I I have a colleague who's a marathon – would win marathons. Like that's how fit he was. Win marathons. Uh, And he straight-up had a heart attack at work. Like it happens. Like yeah. you can you can be a healthy person and have a heart attack. Um, we don't even know that that's not what this is yet, and we're right. alone in the forest. And he's like, "Also, I'm going to bang you." It's like yeah, that could kill her. Well, it, and again, this goes back into his entire plan of, okay, now that I know she's on this mission, I can <laughs> rope her into having sex with me. Yes. Let me just, can I just get if I have enough to do with this mission, she will have to have sex with me. Otherwise, I will blow the whole mission up. And that might sound to you like he's a little bit like sexy, like he's like, you know, like he's like a like a playboy, like a sexy. He's not. No, it's not Mm. that. It's just like he's real boring, guys. No, he rolls with Dweeb and the boys. That's Mm -hmm. who you have here. (laughs) Yeah, I just the way that sex is described in this book is super weird. I wasn't even sure they had it when I was done. with. Me too. Yes. I don't know that this author has had human sex before. <laughs> There's a whole list of things I was like, okay, definitely didn't play golf. I'm not sure has traveled abroad. Yeah. Don't think has had sex. 
was definitely involved with planes at some point. That was like the only thing that I was sure she had some sort of background with. Here's a paragraph. The sensations that had stabbed into her, that had stabbed into her when she, when she come downstairs. Yeah, there's another one. When she yeah. come downstairs and seen Luke crouched by the fire, returned with a vengeance, her belly tightened, her vaginal muscles contracted in tight spasms. Mm -hmm. I, I've been a woman for some time. <laughs> <laughs> that is not something that I'm familiar with just like happening upon looking at a man. <laughs> just like spasms. Just the, just the, <laughs> the whole body just... Shuts down. It's like. <laughs> um, just one huge cramp and you just fall on the ground. Oh, are you okay? Yeah, I just saw you. That's uh, all. Yeah. That's what happens. I'll read this out loud. We drive back to town. We get you to the cardiologist for your tests. We meet with Hawk. We take care of whatever business needs to be needs doing with Wu Kim Lee. We deal with the media, then we have sex. No frills, no hearts and flowers, no promises. So, I don't even what, think you're going to like it. This doesn't need to be this hostile. <laughs> like, you could just be like, hey, there's a, there's a, here's a crazy tone. idea. You're stressed, I'm stressed, we used to have sex, you want to have sex like another time, and then we can go back to not, like, you know, it doesn't have to be like this. No, it does not have to have the violent tenor <laughs> yeah. that... Uh, that Luke Harper has. Okay, so they end up finding out that the that the the champagne was in fact poisoned with a rare orchid oil. Again, the racism. Yep. And then the person who delivered it, I don't know if they were trying to say he was paid off or what the deal was, but he was a Scottish hotel employee, and then he was like promptly murdered. I didn't even get that he was in on it. I I feel like they. You know, somebody. I feel like it was. But if he wasn't it was the in masseuse. on it, why kill him? Like, well, I, I feel like it was just getting rid of. Like, he would be like, oh, somebody came up and set this on, or it didn't. Have, like, whatever. Maybe okay, I, right, he probably okay, was okay. in on it, but but th that's the thing. The book didn't actually because they never do anything. Like, oh yeah, he's just he's gone. No one's heard of him. So, yeah. Okay. Moving on. So then, okay, here we are. Here we are. An hour and thirty minutes into the thing, here we are. You she ready for this awesomeness? Takes a bath in the... She sends him out for food. She says, I need something hot and greasy in me, which is a weird way to say, I'm hungry, you want to get some trash food. Yeah. He says, I will go get something hot and greasy to put inside of you. Um, She does take a bath in a clawfoot tub. Is that... I don't know what that is. Is that just one that's like a bathtub in the middle of the room and you step yeah, on and it it's over got the... it's got feet that are like independent of the bath. Gotcha. Like okay. it's not, you know... The tub itself is not welded to the floor, right? Okay. It's it's no Bill Compton um, carpeted <laughs> bath. I don't I don't engage in a lot of the in a lot of bathing. So yeah. So to me, that's going to be like a pretty regular sized tub. That's a that's a one man one man one tub. man show. Yeah, that's what I was expect. That's what I thought. But okay. He goes and gets something called a a butty, which a is nap. apparently a Scottish sandwich. But here's what it is, friends. It is a fish and chips. Including the chips, with curry on it, yeah. wrapped up in some kind of like flatbread or fry bread situation, and it's a sandwich. Yes, sounds fantastic. What one, one. Th this is the only thing in this sex scene that I wanted. <laughs> yes, want one. That's great. He comes back. She's still in the bubble bath. This this sex scene, while terrible, was written for Melody. 
<laughs> on, for two reasons. One of them is he hands her this very messy sandwich that includes curry mm-hmm. in the bathtub where she's wet and her hands are wet. Ugh. And then she like eats it in the ba- like a messy sandwich. And then then he's like, I w- I want to do it, too. So he gets all naked and he takes his sandwich into the bathtub and then they are together in the in a one man bathtub eating disgusting fried sandwiches which in maybe another book that was like well written and like kind of funny this would be funny like uh, right you know what i mean this could be cheeky and fun yes not this book no 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 this was played as sexy i am not against food i am pro food in my life Mm -hmm. Um, I don't particularly care to share it, um, but I like there to be plenty around. Cole does not share food. It is a problem. But Cole provides plenty of food so that everybody can have as much as they want. Sometimes you just want a little bit of Cole's food. And <laughs> well, you should probably order. You should probably should we can <laughs> Let's order not a fight. second Let's one. Let's not fight. Let's not fight. <laughs> but anyway, I was like, these people are fucking animals. Like, you guys so are getting nice. ready to have some sex. You guys want to have some sex. Yeah, I get that you're hungry. Been Did- there. <laughs> I'm not sure that like my pre-sex meal would be let's load up on fish and chips and yeah. curry mm-hmm. and to get down with sex. I think what I would be like, why don't you put the fish and chips to the side? Let's bust up. Maybe give me a couple of fries. Settle the stomach. We can do the rest of our sex contract. Sure. And then afterwards, have a post-sex buddy. Yeah. So, uh... There, there's a lot of like kind of like fighting over the sandwiches and like grabbing each other's sandwiches and taking huge bites, huge monstrous bites. bites. And then like their hands go into the water and I'm like, no, your hands are greasy from sandwich. And then like and and spices like there's spices yeah. and the hands are going to go places. And his erection sure. is all around. They keep being like his erection. Like there's a, there's a moment where she describes his him as all man, which again is so gross in romance novels. It's like, Ugh, I knew he had a penis because I touched it. Like, <laughs> well, okay. the way she describes it, it's like four feet long. It's like <laughs> snaking through the tub and around her thigh. <laughs> So, like, they finally, like, dispose of the sandwich. At one point, like, the, the sandwiches, like, go flying, like, across the bathroom. Then- yeah, the bathroom, I think, was destroyed because we've got Stro- water, sandwiches. So that, like, water just, like, f- flying everywhere all over the place. Nobody's concerned about the deposit. Then she, like, gets, she's on top. He's laying in the bathtub. So she has to get her, like, knees on either side of him. And then they do have sex that way. The line, they'd made aquatic love before, mm-hmm. yes. is written. Um, We've all seen Cocktail. We get it. <laughs> a good number of times, Dana recalled with a shiver of ecstasy, in showers, in Colorado's clear mountain lakes, in rivers warmed by the late summer sun. Friends, don't, hey, don't have sex in warm outside water, ever, nope. ever. Mm-hmm. Things live in that. Don't have sex in a bathtub with gardenia bath salts in it and also curry and sandwiches. fish sandwiches. <laughs> Please don't. Like, that's going to cause... Crumpled up filet of fish sandwiches oh, and gardenias. <laughs> Is that tartar sauce? I'm sorry. It had to be said. Um, there's just so, so much, like... But they finish on the bed, though, right? Don't they get out and get on the bed? Well, she she comes one time in the bathtub, and then he carries her to the bed, and then they do more sex. 
But okay. like, here's here's the sex scene, guys. Grinding her mouth against his doesn't sound great. Mm-mm. She struggled to get her knees under her again in the in the tub. Half the tub had emptied onto the tiles before she sank onto his rigid shaft, which is like, I don't want to know about the mess in the bathroom. Like that's <laughs> right? that's part of this that I want to go away. Luke reciprocated with a series of upward thrusts. Like, okay. And then she just comes. Then then she says, and this is for Melody, she could feel her climax rushing at her with the force and speed of a runaway locomotive. So not only do they have sex during a bath meal, but then she comes like a freight train. So this was either (laughs) written by or for Melody, um, except for... I'm sorry, Mel, I'm sorry I stole this one from you. Except for how horrible this book is on every level um okay <laughs> then when they when they have sex in the bed she squeezes her vaginal muscles around him stop saying vaginal muscles stop yep. it yep okay all there right there are other ways to describe that i'm glad i, I it, it grossed out wasn't the thing it was just like this is not sexy this no. is not the sexy way this is a clinical way to describe sex i suppose and i don't want that i don't want it i would rather it had fade to, to black than to have read that I would rather Chet Hanks had said this to me <laughs> in some psychotic accent. We can't, we can't talk about Chet Hanks today. <laughs> I mean, we can, but later. We don't have time right now. Uh, we we can't need two, that we, If we're going to talk about Chet Hanks today, it has to be at least two hours after this. Um, okay. So then, then they like do some more detecting about the 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 champagne, but like basically, this ends up they have a dinner with. The with they have with a public dinner with the a family, public the dinner with the dad and 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 uh, Wu Kimley, and at some point they pass them they pass Dana and Luke a note that has like coordinates where they need a helicopter to be at the same time as the extraction, and the helicopter has to be on the DMZ. It's this weird spot on the. It's DMZ. like a ha- half mile away from the DMZ, and I guess that's where like a secret North Korean tunnel is that they're gonna like tu- her mom's gonna like tunnel through to South Korea or whatever. Who they who the Americans thought were dead. The Americans thought the mom was dead. and Apparently she's like, being a, held a by the government. I don't know how she got away from up, that situation. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this wraps up super quickly. Like, it's like she got to the last 25 pages of the book. She's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, we no. Need the, we need them to meet. We need to figure out the extraction. Yeah. We need to put all, everything together. Then I couldn't figure out, like, for a while if they actually wanted it effect. Because for a while it was like he didn't actually. He just wanted to, like, see like take secrets back to well, North Korea the and then it fight. was like oh he's being a double agent for for yeah. I don't know we skipped it really quickly but long story short they suspected the masseuse of being the person who poisoned Dana right. and then Dana's going back in the locker room and somebody's messing with water bottles and she sees that it's the masseuse <laughs> and they have a fight and while she's like choking out the masseuse the masseuse is like they don't want to defect they're actually double yeah. agents and all this stuff so then that plants the seed of oh shit do they really want to defect and then it becomes a little it's a question for what 20 pages like it's yeah. not it's never fleshed out farther than that and then they're like oh it's for the mom okay Let's set up this really weird ruse of fake B two bomber parts. I got to talk that about way. This. Okay, so I got you there. You you go from there. We so part of this defection, the extraction plan is like she's gonna golf with Wu Kim Lee in the final round, and then after that, they're gonna get into a car together and, and go to the the Air Force base. At the same time, the father is going to get a tour of the Air Force base. With his like secret camera that's feeding information to the North Koreans, 
And they're going to think that he's only pretending to to want to defect so that they can get the secrets. But really, they he is going to defect, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they outfit a B-2 bomber with, like, fake... They put, like, construction paper on it. To, <laughs> you know, like... They, there's, there's, they put a costume on the B-2 bomber. There's, like, paper like, towel rolls yes. just, like, going off the side. Paper yeah. mache everywhere. Honestly, like, when I first thought, okay, we're going to put a costume on top of the plane to make it look like a different plane so that they think that the B-2 bomber looks different than it actually does. I thought, that's deeply stupid. But then immediately my next thought was, this is something the real military would do. This is absolutely <laughs> this is absolutely something that would be declassified 20 years from now and you would read about it and you'd be like, what? They did what? <laughs> they put construction paper and paper mache on the side of this plane. Like, that worked, CIA? Like, that is definitely something you would read that got declassified that you would be like, Oh my God! You know, it's in, the, it's in some, the Argo like, mission where they're like, "We're going to pretend we're making a movie." History That's how it Channel, worked. you know, show twenty years from now. So you know what? Maybe that was fine, but it was weird. Um, yes. Okay. Oh God. Okay. He. I'm just going to skip over that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're not missing anything. I promise. Whatever she's skipping, you're not missing it. Yep. They play that final game. They try to. So then they try to like extract her. There's like traffic that's caused by this like anti-war group because they know about the. Yeah, Basically, we didn't really talk about that. Basically, by creating this media blitz, they've attracted the the attention of an anti-war group that thinks that there's B-2 bombers, and they're mad about it, and, like, they've brought this on themselves, and now yes. there's, like, a traffic jam that they're in the car with Wu Kim Lee, and they can't get through, because they and they can't get to the base. There's a protest the going protest. on, and... And so they jump off a fucking bridge, her and Luke, with Wu Kim Lee, who can't swim, and they survive that. And then, like, yep. the Coast Guard immediately comes. Again, in full... There's a full-on protest happening in the street. So, like, I would say, conservatively, a thousand people witnessed this. And and St. Andrews is a very small town. It's like, these are small streets. This is congestion. Okay, okay so maybe not... a couple hundred people <laughs> well, no, witnessed I, it. I, I think a thousand is probably right. I'm just saying a thousand will play, like, 10,000 in New York City. Like, it's it will congest shit hard. The point is... Dana Duncan, internationally famous kayaker slash golfer, is jumping off a bridge with her boyfriend, It Boy, Fly Boy. <laughs> Fly Boy. Oh, God. How many times Fly Boy? <laughs> Luke Harper. Holy shit. With international sensation, Wu Kim Lee, they're jumping off a bridge saved by the Coast Guard. The next thing you're going to hear in the news about Wu Kim Lee is that she's American now. Yep. How is she going to still have a career after this? Like, Feels like this was her last mission with, with Omega. Seems like she gets a new name, new identity, and she <laughs> uh, never goes near a kayak or a golf club ever again. And nope. she's a kindergarten teacher named Cheryl in Maine, and no one hears from them ever again. But no, but, no, no. No, she's perfect. Luke Harper, codename Shitbag. He goes on, I'm sure, to be fucking... <laughs> You yeah, know, he's admiral gonna quit or the some shit. Air Force or whatever, and um, he's gonna. They're gonna be together forever. There's a real gross time when, like, he tells Hawk that he's decided that he's going to be with her forever, and Hawk's like, you know, Mike Callahan, former MP, uh, codename Hawk, Cody says Hawk, like, yeah. uh, does she know about this? And Luke's like, no, not yet. Which is like real gross way of saying she has no choice in the matter. Yep. Even though she's pretty clearly said she just wants to have sex with him, and that's it. 
Um, and then Hawk's like, wow, you're, you're real ballsy because she's an independent lady and, you know, you're going to tell her what's what about the rest of her life. And then, um, Luke Harper, codenamed douchebag says, shitbag. Um, it's actually shitbag. shitbag. Douchebag is a different guy. He says, uh, you handle your woman and I'll handle mine. Yeah. Referring was... to Jilly, who Jilly. is 14. Yeah. Um, I think she was held back in eighth grade, too, so I think she is 14. Perfect. And then it's like, yada, 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 the end. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, that actually is a perfect summation of how the last 10 pages of this book went. Yep. It, it's... it Guys, it's not good. I don't know what to it's say. Not like, it's, it's not good. It's a bad good. book. It's an extremely bad book. Yeah, there's nothing about this. Even, even when I had told you, I think you were like, hey, have you had a chance to read it? I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, it was only 148 pages on my on my nook so unless i got shorted some pages which made sense to me because i'm like this is the whole thing like there's so much either missing but nothing nothing you you could add to this no you don't want more if you if there were more available i wouldn't want it no no not at all i was just you know for professionalism purposes wanted to make sure i read the whole book but yeah it's bad guys don't don't read it Uh, listen to us instead you've listened to us so We, we gave you what you needed to know it's bad on golf it's bad on romance it's bad on racism uh it's bad it's bad. It's bad on yeah. plot. It's bad on character. It's bad on grammar. Racist. It is bad on grammar. Bad on Harlequin published this in 2008, not yes. 1974, Mm-mm. 2008. Yes. There's yeah. I was blown away. Like as I'm reading it, because this is the first book I've read. I liked Marriage Contract. I loved The Right Swipe. And this then, is the bad first bad book I've made. This read. is yeah, this is the first bad book. I was like, wow, this is really shitty. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I thought it would be ridiculous. Um, and it wasn't until last night where I hit I hit the halfway point where I was like, oh, racist. It's racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not just Although, ridiculous. I'll be honest with you. When you said golf romance, I was like, I can't imagine there's going to be a good one out there. So this is the sort of fit where I, no, I, I thought expected it, it would to go. be bad. I just I just didn't expect it to be um obscene you know what i mean like yeah. i expected yeah. it to, no, be able I, yeah. to be made fun of i didn't expect to be offended on every level that's the problem yeah it was that's a perfect way to put it offend that will also be on the book cover offensive on offended offensive level. on every level <laughs> yeah a real brett kavanaugh vibe blah 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 <laughs> that, those are the three quotes that would be on the back of this book yes all right okay do you i don't have a lady love do you have a lady love Come on. Of course I have a lady love. Oh my god. Of course I have one. So uh, I have two lady loves. All right. Uh, Number one, don't call your love Pud. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, But number two, I got to go to the theater for the first time in over a year yesterday and I watched Nobody, the Bob Odenkirk movie. Uh huh. Everybody needs to see this. Like Bob Odenkirk has, it's really good and he's so charismatic. I think we, you know. If you've seen Better Call Saul, I've had a crush on like him that. for a long time. I think that's yes, you have. And so go out and see. Like it is really, really. It was a perfect reintroduction to go into a movie theater because it's just a fun John Wick type, super ridiculous, pulpy, uh, revenge fantasy, violent movie. So love that. Uh, the other actual uh, lady love was if you have any uh, people out there who like meat. I just did Butcher Box for the first time, and it is mm. fucking spectacular. I used to do that really, really um, back when yeah. I lived in the in the U.S., um, but now yeah. I can't. Man, I loved those meal boxes. Like the the one the things were like just give you all the ingredients and stuff. Because I hate the grocery store; it gives me anxiety. Oh, so we did we've done that before, but this one was just like a box of meat. Yeah, 
it was so good. Like we we had ba- like we had bacon. We had breakfast for dinner the other night. Bacon. Uh, mm-hmm. We did the instant uh, uh, Cracker Barrel pancake mix. Mm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we had some ribeyes. We got some ground beef. We we got some fish. Like oh, pumped. So good. Yeah, uh, I used to get it too. And if you order like the right, t- this is not a promo for Butcher Box, although you know. Yeah, sorry about this. <laughs> but if it, like there's certain promotions that they do that if you like get in on at the right time, they will like throw in like twelve chicken wings for the rest of your membership of Book- Butcher Box, or like a pound of bacon Ooh, or something. I'm gonna have to look at that. Yeah. Yeah, because they they there did take us like, like two free pounds. Promo codes. They did two free pounds of ground beef, which I'm very pumped to to get into. And we got some. Oh, I'm just. The, the ribeyes we already had were great. The bacon was fantastic. We're doing fish tacos today, so. Hashtag oh, I have a great box, lady love. Oh, speaking of Speaking of ground beef, I recently had a conversation <laughs> with some HBs. No, this is real. About, okay, I don't know if I'm going to say this good. So, like, sometimes you might not want to buy a kitchen item or machine or, or just a regular life item or machine that will objectively make your life better because you think that you shouldn't have to use it. You know, like, I'm not going to buy, like, a snowblower because I can shovel my driveway fine. Whereas, sure, like, I'm with you. I, you know, we, we get six feet of snow here. Like, that, it sucks to shovel your driveway. But I'm like, I'm, I'm not one of those people. Just, but just buy the thing. Like, I just had a conversation with somebody who's like, I'm not going to get an instant pot because I should be able to, like, do my things in the oven and the slow cooker. No, just, do, just get the instant pot. It's going to make your life immediately better if there's something that you think you should do from scratch because you like because that's your identity as like a person or like a woman or like a wife or you know whatever it is like i'm gonna do this the hard way don't do it the hard just get the thing yeah, it's gonna make your it life better way. and easy absolutely yeah i, I did there's this no with a sod cutter that. i did this with a sod cutter two days ago yeah i cut what part of my yard with sod with a shovel and jesse's like rent a sod cutter and do it that way that's yeah. easier it and does. It was. It, there's no pride. Like it, it's not a pride thing. Just, just do it. Just do yeah. it the way that we have modern conveniences. <laughs> just do it the way that you can do it. Anyway. Perfect. All right. All right, guys. Well, uh, again, Mac, thank you so much for letting me be here. Hey, I love, thanks for being here. I, I love pinch hitting on this show more than anything. So anytime. It doesn't sound and right to me. Guys, I think I'm just gonna keep saying it the other way. <laughs> well, guys. Hey, keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love having weird bathtub sex during a greasy bath meal (laughs) and then coming like a freight train, which is Melody's uh, ideal situation, I think. All right. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. It's Aaron from Heaving Bosoms. And Cole from Cigarette Burns. And this is a podcast called Movie Briefs. Sure, we moonlight as podcast hosts, but we're really just a couple of lawyers who love movies and get asked all the time, is that how it actually works? We finally said we should make this a podcast. So we started Movie Briefs to answer all your questions by breaking down our favorite legal movies. You're going to learn what movies are. Dead on balls accurate. Which ones are so bad, we... Hope they burn in hell! And that... You do have the right to be an attorney if you want to. But that it might be way different in real life. So join us each episode for a little law and a lot of love for these Hollywood courtroom classics. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movie Briefs Pod, and to follow and subscribe to Movie Briefs on your favorite podcast app so you can download the latest episodes. We'll see you in court. 
Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas! Okay, back to the show.